Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga with fantasy advice as sensational as a 32-point haul from Mark Oliver Kempf, player picks as hit and miss as an Angelino cross and two pundits who are both outside the top 50 in the Experts League after match day one. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Thorogood. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy Season 5, match day two. And joining me as always, he is the fantasy football got Flo Reinecker. Flo, before we talk Bundesliga fantasy, I'm sure everyone wants to know, how was your holiday, my friend? It was all right. Uh, like we started out with four days straight rain, uh, which isn't that good. It's if never a great you start. Because you wanted like, uh, they had a big outside pool with water slides and stuff uh, to jump off. And yeah, wasn't really able to capitalize on that. But last three days we got sun. So in the end, like we, we, we started weak and we did come on strong. And that's what we are going to do in the fantasy game. <laughs> if I like, I've built that bridge. <laughs> Right, I now. love it. That was a a beautiful bridge you just. Although built. I'm I'm not really dissatisfied by my start. Could have been better. I had a two v two decision to make. My decision was between picking Kimmich and Kainz or uh, Dimirbay and Sada, and uh, I went with the latter. And because of this week, that was my reasoning. Uh, in a vacuum, I would have liked. Uh, Kinds of Kimmich better. I I really wanted to get Kimmich into my team, but I was missing two millions and I couldn't find the money from Demir Bay to uh, to Kimmich. And in the end, it would have been like a great start. Didn't star man Haaland. I was like, I was I was debating that. I was going back and forth, yeah. <laughs> but after like my star man in defense already was Bona Sosa, and I was like in. With a few guys, I watch how they do. I was ahead before the Dortmund game. And I said, let them change and Haaland maybe get duds. And uh, that helps me. But like, he didn't really <laughs> no, duds. he kind of like, didn't flow. <laughs> if, you if you haven't seen the last match day, not, not really a dud by, <laughs> by Haaland. And last week I talked about how you have to adjust quick in fantasy. And what we've seen from Haaland leads me to believe that maybe like he's more than a goal scorer and like we should we should just stroll the narrative of him just being a, a finisher and not much else straight into the bin because like he seems to pick up how he he gets like uh, the opponent definitely focuses on Haaland and then he like he plays good passes for his teammates and they capitalize on it and that's definitely an improvement of, of Haaland to what we've seen over long stretches of last yeah, season. Absolutely. So I, I think Haaland and Lewandowski is probably like that. That's the template of all templates players. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we talked about Silver, but you were kind of right. Just because he was good at Frankfurt doesn't mean he's good at and, Leipzig. Uh, that's how it played out as well. I'm, I'm so angry with myself because I wasn't confident <laughs> in Silver at all. But after the Corona kerfuffle and mine's like basically out of players right I, know, I, know, I can't i can't really not go with silver yeah right like he wasn't in my like in, in my second draft he wasn't in i didn't really feel confident with silver but i felt forced to go with him just because of like how the perception was that that mines is fighting a lost cause against leipzig and yeah we were wrong on that 
won. Yeah, oh, yeah, we were massively wrong. I mean, I invested heavily in in Leipzig as well. I had four players. I admittedly, I broke my rule. I on the last show, I talked to you about the fact that I didn't have a, a defender over eleven million. I broke that rule for Angelino, thinking, "Oh, come on, like it's going to work out. There, they'll play well against my." And, and to be honest, if one or two of his crosses actually found their mark. He might have had a good game, yeah. but the thing is, it seemed like every single one of his crosses found a Mainz player. It was absolutely incredible. So yeah. maybe that'll change throughout the season. But these are the things that we get to learn on match day one. I have to say, I mean, a, a quick apology to listeners. I didn't send out a listener question request today. Although I will say this, in the future, if I don't, please feel free to send in questions anyway. We will answer them. I'll grab them off of Twitter. Not every time am I able to necessarily send out a tweet saying, send in your questions. Today was a day that completely got away from me because I was working for Deutsche Welle. And by the end of today, I've ended up doing an interview with an Afghani women's national team player who is in Kabul fearing for her life right now. And that's why I ended up not being able to send out a tweet. I think that's a reasonable reason. But please do feel free to send in your questions because we will happily answer them. Now, what I did manage to do before match day one, which Flo missed out on because of his holiday, was jump on Twitter spaces. And I have to say, it was a bit of an impromptu thing. I decided that morning to do it. I sent out a stream of tweets kind of giving people some basics about the Bundesliga fantasy game. And at the bottom of it, I said, you know what? I'll jump on Twitter 30 minutes before the lineups come out for the first game and we'll talk, you know, and do a Bundesliga fantasy forum. It wasn't very well marketed, but we had a lovely group of people that came in there. I want to say thank you quickly to everyone that did because they're probably listening again. We had some great questions. We had some great discussions. Uh, It was great to hear from some people that have regularly been in touch with the show. And we had people tuning in from all over the world. I think Argentina was one of the countries that ended up popping up in there. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, in Indonesia as well. So absolutely incredible. And we will do it again. I will do it again this week. Unfortunately, Flo won't be able to join us, but I've told him about this and he has said he will endeavor to get on at some point. But Fridays aren't as easy for you anymore. No, I'm I'm working on Friday evening. So I'm covering the second Bundesliga and like the kickoff times are so close but the match before that is finished 10 minutes to kick off. So it will actually be hard for me again to do my transfers on time. Uh, so that's, that's definitely yeah, uh, a challenge for me. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that's why I'm always booked on Friday evenings now. So that I yeah, don't that, get my <laughs> transfers in because. Hundred percent, hundred percent. The bosses are trying to take you down at the knees, Flo. Yeah. Any anything to disadvantage you, the better for the rest of us playing. So yeah, but let's let's talk about match day one because we don't have listener questions. So instead, what I thought we would do today was look at some of the big winners and losers from match day one. Let's start with the defenders because again, I think goalkeepers are a pretty blank position right now. Nobody's going to be making any transfers there. Though I will say this: on that Twitter Spaces chat, I questioned why Jan Zoma was the highest owned goalkeeper. After the performance against Bayern, it kind of made sense. Um, but there were some great performances. Ortega, Riemann, Burkhardt all had good good games as well. But let's talk about the defenders, Flo. Who were your big winners from match day one? I mean, you have to go with Bonner Sosa. It, it was just amazing. For me, it's even more like Marc-Oliver Kempf. All right, he did score a brace, which is really rare for a centre-back. And did pick up 32 points, but... Sosa with, I think, three assists and like his shot involvement through the roof again. But what you should keep in mind is Stuttgart got 30 shots on goal. That's really an outlier. That's by far the most shots like any team had on the first match day, which leads to fantasy points production, which was high because of really high because of that. And like we can't expect that to go on now that they're traveling to Leipzig and maybe even 
Like Fürth could be a team that's in between leagues from what we've seen so far from them. So it could be that the Bundesliga is over their head, at least for like a few match days to go on. Which leads us to to thinking maybe we want to see Stuttgart against other opponents before we are too hap- happily jump onto the bandwagon. And now they're playing Leipzig, which is bad because like otherwise a player like Philipp Förster, he like that was always the question mark um, for Stuttgart was the positions behind the striker, and it seems like Philipp Förster did pull ahead not just on match day one, but like the ending of last season as well. And it seems like he's a Pellegrino Materazzo favorite. Then he's a great pick. If we know he's on on the pitch, he's a great pick with a great price tag. I'm just not keen to invest on Friday because they're playing Leipzig. But going forward, he's definitely on my radar. Well, I, I'm, I wait, hold on, Flo. I'm, I'm going to rein you back in because you've jumped into our midfielders and we haven't finished talking about the defence because there I'm, were I'm many sorry. more big winners I, other I, than Paula Sosa. I was going by Stuttgart, yeah, just that's right. explaining Let's why. Let's be honest, okay. Stuttgart were massive, massive winners on match day one, no doubt. But we can't not mention people like Josip Stanisic, Joe Scali, and someone that really stood out to me, and it's a bit of a... A throwback flow that I yes. thought you would like. Aaron Martin at Mainz, three point yeah. two million, straight back into the starting lineup, and he looked like a massive winner because at three point two million, as a locked in left back for Mainz, who do look like a different proposition this season. We'll talk about them, you know, as a team later. But Martin looked like a, a standout. Yes, and we know he's going to have set pieces and shot involvements, right? Yeah, and, and even going forward, like he can keep his place. Swenson was really uh, uh, satisfied with what Martin did. Like we have to be honest, Brozinski and Lukoki both are quarantined. That's the only reason why uh, Aaron Martin did play. But but he took his ch- uh, chance. And uh, Mainz brought in Lukoki from Bielefeld this summer. He should solve the problem on the left-back position for them. But like they haven't paid big money for Lokoki to acquire him, and now if like if if Martin is playing well, I, I don't think there's any reason why he like Lukoki should overtake him in the packing order, and that's definitely great for us, as especially like for people who like myself invested in Atakan Karasor, mm. and I mean what would have been like that would have been the Probably a great double up with Karasor and Sosa if he just stayed in the game, but <laughs> yeah. injured himself nine minutes into the game. And these things happen. So it's not like I still think picking Karasor for three million was a great choice Definitely. going into the, the first match day. If you've seen like Clement did came in for Karasor and if you've seen what he did, like Karasor would have had a, a pretty good game. I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain of it if he hadn't had the injury. But now you're able to swap out Karasor, bring on Martin and, and not really have to spend big money. And that, that's definitely helping. So I'm, I think that's a pretty interesting move you could make. Although I don't like, I don't think that now Mainz has beaten uh, Leipzig is a foregone conclusion that they win at Bochum. I think oh, it's, it yeah. could be a pretty difficult game for them. No, I'd agree with that. Um, but would, still, yeah. like a defender for three point two million, who's like uh, has attacking prowess in his in his locker, so sign me up for that. 
Yeah, that's it. I mean, with the, with the three I mentioned, Stanisic, Scali, and Martin, you've kind of got those options now. And I think those options are viable at least until match day three in the international break, when, of course, we should reiterate we're going to have unlimited transfers again. Because even in the case of Martin, Flo mentions Lukoki, even if he comes back from, you know, he gets a, a you know a negative COVID test, doesn't mean he's going to be ready to play 90 minutes yet. Um, and so the, this little window of two more games before the next unlimited transfers can still be capitalized on here. But from what I understand, they can't come back with a negative COVID test because they're not vaccinated. That's the reason why they have to stay the full two weeks in quarantine no matter what. Oh, right. Yeah. And Heidel said um, that they probably won't sign another player who isn't vaccinated right now because mine said like eight players who weren't vaccinated and that's the reason why they're in quarantine. All vaccinated players had to quarantine themselves just the unvaccinated players had. That leads me to that it didn't help Lukoki's standing that he didn't get a shot. I doubt it. In terms of the big losers from defense, I think it's fair to say that anyone in a Leipzig shirt was kind of a big loser. And and if you did invest in Nico Schultz, I mean, five, well, he was six million. He's dropped in value. He's the one player in my side that actually did drop in value. I don't know if we can quite go as far as saying he's a big loser, but he was a bit of a loser on, on, on the weekend because he could have been involved in a lot more in that Dortmund, Dortmund side. You're right. But I like, I want to disagree with you that there's no winner in the Leipzig backline. Okay. Oh, uh, I think Mohamed Simakan did fairly good, did pick up 12 points. You know how many challenges he won? Oh, are we talking Yusuf Palsen numbers here or Kayubi numbers? Uh, shall I go 24? 21. Oh, 21 okay. challenges. Okay. Willy Orban won seven. That's it, So yeah. that's, that's definitely something we should keep an eye on. Because like in, in Germany, we say as central defenders, they're dogs and cats. Like they're, the dogs are the ones who go for the ball and they doing the challenges and the cats are the ones who try to be more elegant and um, uh, position themselves in space. And it's like, it's quite usual that there's a pairing where one of the defenders does like a lot of challenges and the other has just a few. And like, if, if we see in Simakan, to be fair to him, he, he had 24 challenges and 21 he won of these 24, which is an amazing. Yeah performance in that regard and, fantasy as well. and he had did three shots on goal yeah. so he's also uh, a force by set pieces he he's definitely long term on my radar i wish he were a bit cheaper he's 9.3 million which is a lot to spend for a center back but i have my eyes on him if he regularly wins 20 or more challenges there's eight points in the bank for 20 challenges one so he's now on my radar wasn't before. So I, I think he's he's a winner out of the um, Leipzig defense. You know what? Yeah, you, you are right to mention him. The three headers he had from corners, I mean, shows that, yeah, he's definitely got a bit of prowess. And that's weird because we're used to seeing Vili Orban be the, the guy that was winning a lot of headers from corners up front as well. Yeah, but uh, like to me, it's like everyone is focusing on Orban. So maybe Simakan uh, is, is a better target right now. Yeah, and then might help Orban uh, like a few games down the road when it's more balanced how their opponents uh, is marking the defenders. But for now, Simakan doesn't look look shabby. But I wouldn't jump on it because it's one game and we, we shouldn't overemphasize on the stats of one 100%. game. But it's definitely interesting 
Because the disparity between the challenges of Orban and Simakan really did catch my eye. Yeah, no, and it makes complete sense. And and actually, that's a good segue talking about using match day one as a snapshot, but not reading too much into it. Because if we talk about the big winners from midfield, I think Florian Kainz is one. But yes, plays against Bayern this weekend, so it's not really the most investable player. And we talked about them a little bit earlier, but basically every Stuttgart midfielder that played against Kreuterfurt was a big winner. The question really, Flo, is yes, that game had 30 shots in it for Stuttgart. The question is, who can sustain those types of performances in games where there aren't 30 shots for Stuttgart. Is Philip Furster your man, even if he's not an investable option this weekend? He would be my Stuttgart uh, midfielder to choose, for sure. Yeah. Especially since, like, Klimovic did start. I, I also like Klimovic as a player, but he came off and Furster did play the whole match. And that's definitely also something I'll, I'll, I'll have my eye on. And from my, like, I'm no scout and I'm no coach. You, I like other players more than Philip Furster when I look a game. But there's something in his way, probably his pressing is, is, is on point with Furster, that Materazzi rates him very, very high. And we should not fall into the mistakes and thinking, uh, just because I personally think that a player like Didavi, I like to watch Didavi more. I think like his, his passing sometimes is, is really superb. But there are other aspects of the game that you not really seeing as a spectator or as a journalist covering the game. And there's definitely something in Förster's game which makes him invaluable to Stuttgart. And so he would be the one uh, I'd choose. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that. As we said, yeah, maybe not the best team to dip into necessarily this weekend, but plenty of options that is worth now after what happened on match day one, keeping a very close eye on. Who are your big losers from midfield flow? I mean, there were some, some underperforming players. A couple stood out in my side. How about you? Like I was especially disappointed, I think, in Christoph Baumgartner. I really wanted him in my team. Because I like him as a player, but also I think like um, Hoffenheim has an interesting schedule and yeah. they have a standalone fixture on the second match day. That was what I was aiming for at home against Union Berlin. Union Berlin had to play today in the Europa Conference League. They they not used to that kind of Englische Woche, um, like we call it in, in Germany. So uh, I think that Hoffenheim might be a sneaky team to invest in. If you want some flexibility with stand, uh, standout fixtures, what you not necessarily need that much, uh, because Bayern is closing out the match day and then probably everyone has at least two Bayern players in their squad. But still, that was my reasoning. And Baumgartner didn't perform. He came off before Hoffenheim had that great run at the end of the game where they scored, I think, the, the last three goals they, they scored in the last 15 minutes of the game at Augsburg. Last 11. Yeah, last last eleven. Yeah, but uh, he wasn't on. I still think he'll keep the, his place, and I will keep him in my squad because of that. But uh, I was expecting a little bit more out of him, and, and maybe uh, Demirbay. I I thought Demirbay is my sn sneaky gut feeling. Yeah, great pick because he was uh, afterwards was out. Demirbay played as the number ten. So he wasn't playing in that deeper role we used to see from him in, in, in Leverkusen. And we know that he likes to uh, shoot himself and, and can give passes to a shot, but we haven't really seen that uh, passing out. And if I could have just gone with one star man in midfield and not change it, I would have put my star on Christopher Nkunku. Mm. 
and he didn't really perform. Oh. Although, like, fair play to him. He played 64 minutes. Yeah. He was involved in five shots. Uh, at the end of the game, Leipzig had 14 shots. I'm not sure how many shots they got in the first 64, but like his percentages of um, how many shots he was involved in for Leipzig until he was substituted out uh, was probably massive. So what we like of Nkunku that he's basically involved in nearly like every second shot that Leipzig had on goal, I think it was still true even if it wasn't his best day. So I, I saw some encouraging things of Nkunku, uh, although he like he did it didn't work out the, the way I thought it would, but like the stats, the underlying stats still were pretty decent. And uh, if he gets more minutes against Stuttgart and uh, more is clicking with Leipzig, I'm, I'm still optimistic uh, about Nkunku. Yeah, we don't know whether they could be a whole different prospect in their first home game of the season, right? And then they did, they applied a lot of pressure against Mainz that could have created a lot of chances. But as I said, a lot of the final balls just weren't finding the intended target and it stopped them in their tracks. And at least Nkunku was involved in shots on goal. Amadou Haidara literally wasn't involved in a single shot on goal. I thought he was my kind of sneaky 10 million pick. I thought might be a bit of a hidden gem opening week. Uh, uh, what a flop. What a, <laughs> what an absolute flop Amadou Haidara was. So he definitely goes down in the big losers category for me so much so that I'm thinking of selling him this weekend even though they play on Friday but let's talk about strikers flow because there were some big winners in the striking department and they weren't all named Haaland Lewandowski or we should say Silva but he was definitely in the losers category as we've already mentioned but in terms of winners anyone that stood out for you? Yeah I would go with Andre Kramaric I think 20 points without scoring a goal himself that's just amazing and uh, fair play to me, I, I, I want to say, like, as you were, you were saying, we've got these three template players. I was saying, like, a guy like Kramaric, and I was also mentioning Vejos can give, like, at least Silva can, uh, can give him a run for his money. And I, I, I think right now, Kramaric is a better choice. So if I had to choose now, I uh, would go with Kramaric over Silva. After what we've seen, and yeah, like I, honestly, I felt that before f- the first match day, I just felt the pressure of what, like, if Mainz is like totally rooting out of, uh, get rooted out of the stadium because they they have to play with youth players basically, and Leipzig is winning like by a big, big margin, I, I could really be left behind with not picking in uh, Silver, uh, while not picking Kramaric won't hurt you as much. Yeah, you you could gain by it because not a lot of people probably have Kramarich in their squad, but like you 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 can't lose as much. And I've I felt like my fear was that it's a real possibility that Leipzig is far too much to handle for a mind squad who are missing fourteen players. But yeah, I, w- I was wrong on that front and, and like kudos again to to Mainz. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, although uh, one player you didn't mention there, and I just wonder, you mentioned him um, in the first match day podcast or the previous for the first match day, and he didn't end up starting, but for me was still actually a big winner, and that was Jorginho Ruter. 
7 million, came off the bench, a goal and an assist, 11 points in the fantasy game. And that was after Munas Dabur did very little. And I just wonder whether he might move ahead of Dabur in the pecking order. So again, it's it's a big winner from match day one, not saying go invest in Ruter because there's a chance he doesn't get a place in the starting lineup. But again, one to watch for because I think he made a very, very strong case for himself. And he, he was someone you were high on before match day one even started, Flo. Yes, but I still like. I would be hesitant to go with him. Uh, I think he'll start, so I, I think it's at least a sixty forty shot that he's in the starting lineup. I just feel like he's probably one of the first who has to go if it's not clicking, and that's always something you should keep in mind. Um, Kramaric is like he's staying on the pitch if it's not like if it's not working playing. True. Plan A is not working for Hoffenheim. He's staying on the pitch. If it's not working and Rutter, like, he, he wins one out of six challenges in the first 50 minutes and he might get off and you get one point from him. Like, there's another player in that price range we'll, we'll talk about later, another striker. I would much rather go with that striker than with Rutter right now. But, like, keep him on the radar. He's... I think he's 19 or uh, just turned 20. I'm not 100% with Ritter, but like he can develop into a uh, a really good striker. I think like the potential is there with him. Without a doubt. Okay, we will leave it there for part one. In part two, we will, of course, be doing what we always do, which is going through the fixture list. Welcome back to part two of Talking Foosball Fantasy. Time to get stuck into those match day two fixtures, starting with the Friday night game. We have talked about it on occasion already in part one, mentioned a couple of players, but it is Leipzig against Stuttgart. Now, Leipzig, they're unbeaten against Stuttgart in the Bundesliga, having won five of their six meetings. They've scored nine and conceded just once. Now, we talked about the fact that Stuttgart were really good against Goethefurt. We talked about the fact that Leipzig were really bad against Mainz. The question is, Flo, who would you be investing in on Friday? I just would stick with the players I have from that match. I don't think, like, if you, for some reason, don't have any Leipzig players, then that would be a different matter. You get the starting lineup of the match, but I still think that Nkunku... And Angelino, like you said, the crosses were there. They weren't connecting, but like it could have been a game where he had eight passes to a shots quite easily from where he was positioned and how he was involved in, 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 in the game. So for now, I'm sticking with Angelino. And that's one reason why I brought in Silva is because of this Friday evening game. And I'm not sure I can bring myself to jump ship right now. I'm right with you there. Right with you. Yeah. But he, he would definitely be one if you weren't investing in Leipzig. I don't think I would go for Silva uh, on this match day. I'd, I'd rather invest in Kramaric, who's also have a standalone fixture on Sunday uh, at home against Union. And Union conceded 16 shots at home against Leverkusen. So it's not like they're closed shop. And I think that like, Kramaric and Hoffenheim, they can exploit uh, maybe some tight legs of Union on Sunday. So um, I would rather go that uh, route, but I still would stick with my Leipzig assets. I would sell Karatsor. Uh, I don't think he's going to play, so he's questionable. But even if he can, I'm not sure that he's going to slot back in. 
because he was like one of the winners of preseason, but he was a placeholder for Mangala. Mangala isn't back yet, but Clement did a good job when he came on and maybe Clement gets a start. That's the beauty. Uh, yeah. We're going to see that. So if Caruso is in the starting lineup, you can try to ride it out with him. But I bought two Stuttgart defenders just because of the matchup against Fürth. Uh, Sosa was uh, close to a must-have, in my opinion, with the matchup. And Carasor playing as a midfielder, being a defender in the game, 3 million price tag. So that was a no-brainer for me as well. Um, but I always had the plan to sell Carasor before the second match day. And that was the reason at the end that I didn't go for Florian Kainz because I would have wanted to sell Florian Kainz before the second match day as well. And I don't like put myself into the position where I feel I have to do like I'm planning already two transfers making after uh, for the next match day because like injuries and suspensions happen and you, you're not going to be able to do the transfers you planned uh, anytime you want. So that was the reasoning behind that. But uh, I think I'm going to stick with Bonas Sosa. I'm not like if I'm not feeling that I don't know which player uh, I want to transfer out on other positions, then maybe I uh, I'll get rid of him. But apart from that, yeah. Well, let, let me let let me ask you a question. If if you had to choose, so you had a team that had neither of them in, who do you invest in this week, Angelino or Sosa? Angelino for sure. Because yeah. I'm always, yeah, okay. I'm, just, I'm just always going yeah. with a team who I think will get more shots on goal. True. And could be a third of shots that, that Stuttgart had against Fürth, now against Leipzig. So that's in this department would be a third of the fantasy points as well. And probably less because they're not going to score five goals out of their shots. It, it would be a pretty easy decision actually for me. Which doesn't, like, it's not, I'm not saying with that, that... Angelino is definitely outscoring Sosa nope. next match day. What I'm saying is that like uh, he's outscoring Sosa seven out of ten times, maybe. Yeah, that was a, that, would, that, was be, that would be the number where I would set it. Yeah. So and that does and if the outcome is that Sosa is outscoring Angelino, you have to understand, yeah, that's like that's a thirty percent outcome, which isn't that unlikely. So yeah. stuff like that is going to happen, but you 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 fare better if you always try to be on the side which is more probable. Yeah, this is it. If you if you listen closely enough to this podcast, you realize that fantasy football is actually just scratching minor flow's gambling itch. <laughs> but we do it in a safe and free manner. It's a, it's a much better way of doing it, personally, I think. <laughs> yeah, and and one thing to add is mindset six shots on goal against Leipzig, yeah. that was the least amount of shots of any team on the first match day. And we've seen that Leipzig had a really good defense last year. So even Bochum, who that they played 85 minutes with 10 men at Wolfsburg, got one shot more off at the Wolfsburg goal, the mindset at the Leipzig goal. So... Like I said before, we don't want to overemphasize the stats, but at least is a hint that it's not as easy to get shots on the goal of Peter Gulashi, who might actually not play. Uh, so maybe you you want to, because he's going to be a father, so 
He's going to join our club, James, and uh, so um, it could be that his wife is in labor and then uh, he won't play. So anyone looking for a cheap goalkeeper uh, alternative, at least... Who's the backup? Yeah, that's a fairly good question. I read the name today I and thinking. I thought, whoa, <laughs> I honestly don't know because that it's guy. Not, it's not in Vogo anymore. Okay, you've got Schauner or Josep Martinez. Martinez is the guy. There you go. Okay. So they go for the youth over experience there. Okay, that would be interesting. How much is he? Uh, 1.9 1, 1. 1. 1. million. 1.9 million. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but that's so. very interesting. Yeah, I, I can tell you. Watch people make some goalkeeping changes on match day two. That would really be a massive surprise based on this three three game uh, window that we've got. But hey, I've seen stranger things happen. As I said, Jan Zoma surprised me as being the most picked goalkeeper, but it proved to be a very good pick for, I think it was the 29% that had picked him or something like that. That was absolutely crazy. I, I mean, but like he's very handsome. Well, so, <laughs> if we were I picking mean, fantasy players based on their looks, then yeah, he'd be first in the team flow. I'm no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. but um, that's maybe not the best way to go uh, if you pick the prettiest uh, players I'm trying to think now I mean Erling Haaland's not bad looking but you kind of want him up there uh, you know what we're you know what we're digressing we shouldn't go too far down this avenue it's, it's a dangerous one to go down we'll get completely distracted so let's move on to the next game instead yeah. let's talk about Frankfurt against Augsburg let's do that only two teams went unbeaten on home soil last season. Frankfurt were one of them. Bayern were the other. They haven't lost on their own patch since a 2-0 defeat to Mainz on match day 30 of the 2019-20 campaign. The thing is, Flo, they were really poor in the cup. 5-2 loss against Dortmund on match day one. They've got Augsburg at home now, and then they've got Bielefeld away next week. Two great fixtures. But how investable are they and how confident would you be buying a Frankfurt player right now? I'm not really confident, but I might do it anyway. That's how I feel. <laughs> the gambler. The gambler's coming out again. Yeah, because Frankfurt had 12 shots on goal at Dortmund. Four of them were taken by Raphael Bure. And he's 7.1 million, a striker. And like he would be the guy probably, I like if I had unlimited transfers right now, it could be that I would go with Lewandowski, Haaland and Bore as my three strikers because it really frees up money. Like it's very good and positive sign um, for me that he had such a high uh, shot involvement rate. Same goes uh, true for Lindstrom uh, who, who was also involved in four shots. But I'm, uh, I'm not 100% that he's going to start for Frankfurt, so I'm not that keen on going with him because it could be Lindstrom, could be Hauger, and so we, we're not really uh, sure who's going to play there. We're just sure that Sebastian Rode isn't going to play because he had, a, had knee surgery, and I think it's like his, it's the umpteenth time uh, in his career. Oh yeah, I know. We hope he yeah. he recovers well, but they're saying right now they don't they don't have a timetable for his return, which isn't yeah. like. Great news with Sebastian Roder. No, that's it. I mean, you can't expect him to come back anytime soon. Do I take it if your player pick from this game was one player, it would be Rafael Bore? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, like, it's it's hard to yeah. it's hard to decide. Yeah, I'm, a bit, I'm just so on the fence. I, I actually like the new signing Halger as well when he came off the bench. He looked lively, so I'll be keeping an eye on him as well when he does break into the starting lineup. But yeah, if I knew Halger or Lindstrom, both would be interesting. Yeah, very to me. true. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm just not sure who's going to play. Oh, is, is Hauger a striker in the I game? I think he's a midfielder. I wanted to say an 11 million midfielder, but don't quote me on that. Hauger is 11 million oh, midfielder. Yeah. You're spot on, James. Oh, that's not so bad. Sometimes. As always. 
And Lindstrom is just 7 million. That's right. So yeah. yeah. Wants to keep an not eye Not confident enough that he's in the starting lineup and actually plays meaningful minutes. Yeah, that's fair enough. I, I want them to at least get that second point after 70 minutes. So that's definitely. definitely the mark I'm aiming for. Okay, let's move on to Hertha against Wolfsburg then. Thanks to his goal against Köln, Stefan Jovetic became only the second player to score in all five of Europe's top leagues based on UEFA coefficients that being yeah, after. But can I ask you a question, oh, James? Oh, go on. <laughs> Do you know how many players actually played in all five European top leagues? No, but there's a there's a good amount of them. I would have said there's three. What? I read three. No. Three players did it and like he's the second to score in all. That like that's not making that record really remarkable in my opinion. Yeah, okay, I mean admittedly, yes, yeah, small sample size. So I definitely but... read that, but I didn't like I haven't fact checked that. You know, I, I, I think it's tough to I do. I was going to but... say if you can fact check that, yeah, you got to go through every player database existing on on this planet. That would be a tough one. But I I I concede i actually thought it was more well i read it somewhere which i would usually say is a credible source i'm, I'm not 100 percent sure what it is but like there's actually like the other guy who didn't score and played in all five teams he should feel like a real loser right now <laughs> yeah well unless he's a defender at which point you can maybe forgive no, him no no <laughs> Like, Even then, he's got to deliver. Get one in there. There you go. Yeah. Okay, well, he's he's a 10... I think he was 10 million on match day one, so he might have gone up in price now, Jovetic. I guess we're still not really convinced, given the fact that he is a forward in the fantasy game as well. Is this a game that you're you're looking at this weekend, Flo? Like, I'm avoiding this game. If you went with, like, I have Sada, and I'm, like, I might ride it out with him, because I still think it could work with him. I mean, they had to play without Davy Zelke at Cologne, which is obviously a great loss for... Changes the whole game. Yeah, it's what Dada <laughs> said afterwards. And I mean, like, yeah. the writing is on the wall. Uh, Cunha is probably out of Hatta pretty soon. And it seems like uh, he and Dada, they're not on the same wavelengths at all. If you've heard, like, Dada speaking about Cunha after the match, saying that, like, uh, he was... Uh, spazieren, James. I'm, I'm not sure how the English term is for that. Flandering, or is it? Yeah, gallivanting. Well, gallivanting. It's kind of, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> he was saying that now Cunha missed practice on Tuesday and Dada was asked about it and he said, yeah, he's saying he's got some muscle issues. So it sounded like he wasn't really buying it and that uh, he thinks it's just Cunha, not wanting to go to practice and yeah that like Hatter seems like a mess right now I don't want to uh, stuck myself into and I'm like I like sometimes you've got these players you feel like it's maybe a bit unreasonable but you really like them so much and Sada definitely was one of them and I felt like he could be a big difference maker for me but um yeah it wasn't the case and as soon as I saw the lineup, I think he played as a right winger at times at Cologne, and that's definitely not his position. And I'm not sure why Dada changed everything up that worked in preseason to uh, at the first Bundesliga match. Uh, at one point, it, it, it was probably because Selke was injured. Uh, afterwards, he said, we need him to be uh, like our pressing uh, leader. Uh, up front. And yeah, but I, I would stay clear if you invested in Wolfsburg. Uh, I think you'd you'd be fine. 
Yeah, I, I regretted not going for Mbabu in the end. I made some changes. I ended up bringing in Angelino at the end and I, I went away from Mbabu. And I think I even said it in the Twitter Spaces forum that we had. Someone, oh, uh, was it Dama Nathan, uh, said that he had brought in Mbabu. And I said, something tells me that by the end of match day one, I'm going to regret not doing the same thing. And it's exactly how it played out. If I had chosen Mbabu instead of Angelino, things might have gone a little bit differently for me. But yeah, I agree with you. That's not the best game to, to invest in this weekend. Let's talk about one that maybe, I mean, you've kind of talked about be wary of this game flow already in the show, but it's not just necessarily about this weekend, but the fact that Mainz look a more investable side than I think anyone would have maybe anticipated them being this season. Now they're coming up against Bochum on home soil this weekend. Bochum have never beaten Mainz in the Bundesliga. Their record of one draw and five defeats is their worst against any team in the top flight. The question is, which players do you like from Mainz pre-international break? They've got Bochum and then they've got Furt at home next weekend. They look like a side that may provide a bit of budget relief if you can find the right gems. So who are the gems, Flo? So we talked about Aaron Martin. Um, I, I think he would be, uh, he, he's a sensible sh- uh, choice. And like the other guy is Paul Nebel, 1.1 million. Yes. Played as a number 10, 18 years old. Like it's said that he has great talent and he did show that against Leipzig. He really was a, like had a really good game and for that price tag definitely i mean he did pick up six points and like i said before mines only had six shots on goal so that's not much and then getting six points in that match it's definitely a win and now playing at bochum and like you said before after that they they hosting third that's definitely a decent outlook i wouldn't invest in the mines striker i wouldn't go uh, that far no. Like there's also a player uh, on the Bochum side of the ball I would be uh, interested in, and that's Elvis Rechbichai. Um, yes, yep. he's costing you six point two million. He got eight points out of the match at Wolfsburg. Had two shots on goal. Like he was involved in a lot. I think he had the most ball actions, which is not leading to directly to fantasy points, but which shows you just how important he is to the Bochum game. And now with 11 against 11, uh, I, I think he can have a, a pretty good match at home against Mainz because I still think like at some point we probably see some problems. And he, he had three passes to a shot as well. So he had two shots and three passes to a shot. So he had a like Bochum had seven shots at goal and Retschbichai was involved in five of these seven shots. So 6.2 million, I think he's a really interesting uh, choice to, to mix your midfield up. Bochum is playing uh, on the last match day before we get on unlimited transfers. They're playing at Cologne. So it's not the worst, um, especially since you can ha- go down Narrative Street because he played for Cologne before. Yes, yeah. He's a Wolfsburg player, so he did perform at Wolfsburg. Then he plays at Cologne, so and yeah, I, I think Ratchbachai is is one to keep an eye on, and and, and actually one to, you might want to invest in this match day. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I don't think a lot he'd have been on a lot of people's radars, so I'm glad you've put him on there. Because I think maybe Leipzig took Mainz a bit easy with all the news of like who's not playing, and I don't think that Bochum will like 
to that at all. No, they can't. They can't afford to. They can't afford no. to. This is one of the games they need to be looking at and winning. Yes, if they want to stay up this season, absolutely. On that note, actually, a perfect segue to our next game: Furt against Bielefeld. Another relegation six pointer early on in the season. In their first full season in the Bundesliga back in 2012-13, Furt only picked up four points on home soil out of 17 games. They failed to pick up a win all season in front of home support. Is this a game flow that we steer clear of as fantasy owners? Yeah, I personally will. I think you can make an argument for Okugawa. I think he got nine points out of the game against Freiburg, so his shot involvement is all right. But he's six million. So if I want to invest, like if I have the choice to invest in Okugawa or Retspichai, I'm going with Retspichai because he's playing at Cologne next weekend and Bielefeld is hosting Frankfurt next weekend. So I'm going with a guy who I feel is a better investment for the next two match days. And that's the reason why I personally lean Rajpachai over Okugawa, but he would be the one I think is viable. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure if you have seen that. I invested actually in the beautiful backline and went with Jakob Lausen for 4 million. You weren't the only one. Yeah, left back that cheap and I felt uh, a pretty decent matchup now and uh, um, the, the decent matchup at third. Had a, had a horrible game considering that Bielefeld did pick up a clean sheet. I think he got six points, which is almost close to the bare minimum, uh, yeah, I think, what you can yeah, get yeah. with a clean sheet. So oh, That is what you get for investing in the Bielefeld back line. As, yeah. as sound as an idea as it may have been, yeah, you kind of reap the rewards of that because it's a point proven many a time. Goal involvements or shots involvements, much more important for defenders than the clean sheet three points. 100%. Yeah, I was hoping for both. Well, yeah, of course, so of course you were. Like, I was hoping that he could have <laughs> of, involvement of in shots. I mean, he scored a goal in the cup, which means that he had to have at least one shot before in his career, but it didn't show against Freiburg. So maybe it shows at third. I'm definitely key, uh, sticking with him. So he's not a guy. I'm, I'm not selling him. No. He's a four million defender who's starting playing at third. So who am I kidding? I'm, 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 I'm going to keep him in my squad. Okay, let's move, if it's not an investable game, let's move on from Furt Bielefeld anyway then and talk about Freiburg Dortmund. Now, Freiburg captain Christian Gunter will become the club's outright record appearance maker in the Bundesliga when he makes his 237th outing against Dortmund. His match day one strong performance was actually a timely reminder that he could still be a valuable option in the fantasy game this season. Probably not this weekend, let's be honest. But what I wanted to ask you, Flo, let's get your thoughts on Dortmund under Rosa from a fantasy perspective because we've talked about Haaland, the fact that he was uh, heavily involved and in terms of setting up goals, but also scoring them. And, and just generally in Dortmund's build-up play, he was dragging people out of position a lot more than we saw him do under Lucien Favre and even under Aidan Terzic. But anything else that caught your eye when it came to Rosa and Dortmund's setup from a fantasy perspective? Yeah, I would have said that Targan Hazard is a big winner because Rosa seems to play a system that suits him really well. But like he's questionable for the weekend. Dortmund has a few uh, options to go, so I wouldn't go with him. Uh, Hazard is a midfielder in the game, so that's definitely a good thing. The other guy would be Giovanni Reyna, twelve point two million. But like I don't like that matchup at Freiburg. And sure, Dortmund scored five goals against Frankfurt, but they just had twelve shots on goal. Like Freiburg had more shots on goal on the first match day than Dortmund had. So um, 
it's it's an outlier. It's a total outlier to score five goals out of twelve shots. That's not going to happen that often. When when you have Erling Holland up front, nothing like that is an outlier. Flo, no, yeah. no stat point. when it but, comes to goal scoring is ever an outlier. But still, I mean, Reina did score a goal, did pick up ten points. That's yeah. not like that's not cutting it for me. And no, I, it, I think. That we'll see, rarely um, do we see him probably play 90 minutes. And the same would be true to Hazard. If he's true. if he's playing, he's not playing 90 minutes. He's not 100% fit. Yeah. Well, and and this, I think this was it for me as well. I was looking. I brought Rainer into my team. I made a last minute switch. I had one million in the bank. I had Kerem Demidbay in my team. I swapped him out for Giovanni Reina. I then made the terrible decision of taking Giovanni Reina out of my squad on Sunday, thinking that the Leipzig players would score more than him, and I left ten points on my bench with Giovanni Reina. It was a very very bad decision, but. The problem for me was watching that Dortmund game, a lot was going through Marco Royce. Marco Royce was the big winner of that 5-2 yeah. win for me outside of Erling Haaland. And the problem was because he was the big winner, Reiner and Hazard lost a little bit. So yes, Reiner scored, but if he hadn't scored that goal, he was in trouble. He was having a really bad weekend. And so that saved him a little bit. And I wonder how often we might see that this season because it does look like Rosa and Dortmund will go through Marco Royce. Yeah, and we've seen that um, at the Super Cup as well. So, um, yeah, uh, I agree. Marco Royce uh, does look great. So sitting out the Euro, I think, was the right choice for him. And I, I would just love for Marco Royce being a midfielder in the game. Yes, uh, yes. Just <laughs> yes. really unfortunate. I mean, last season, a lot of people did get away with doubling up on Bayern with Müller and Lewandowski and... Yeah, you probably could do that with Royce and Haaland. I'm, I'm just not sure I would do it this weekend uh, at Freiburg. Fair enough. Let's move on to the Saturday late game, though. Leverkusen against Gladbach. Big game, especially in Nordrhein-Westfalen, local rivals. Stindl scored in the cup, was involved in the assist for the Alassane player goal. He's now been involved in a goal in each of his last four appearances in all competitions. Three goals, three assists total. In this fixture last season, he bagged a brace, but it was a 4-3 win for Leverkusen, which many of you may remember because Valentino Lazaro scored the goal of the season in it. The question is, Flo, Gladbach looked good against Bayern. Leverkusen... Still very much an unknown quantity, I think, after match day one against Union Berlin. So which side is more investable for the next two match days before unlimited transfers? Both squads are not that high on my list just because of next week. Because Gladbach is playing now an away game at Leverkusen and then they're playing away at Union. So they have two away games right now, not the easiest fixtures. And usually I would say like I want some blue chip players that I can leave in my squad and Stindl right now looks like he could be one of these players but with having unlimited transfers I don't I don't feel the need to go there before the fixture list lightens up for Gladbach and now they have like they have Bayern out of the way they have Gladbach uh, and they have Leverkusen out of the way after the first two match days they have a away game at Union Berlin which is pretty hard usually so and after that the fixtures lighten up, and then I'm up for investing into Gladbach. With Leverkusen, that like I give them the small edge maybe in this one, and then they're going to Augsburg, uh, which is definitely the better uh, matchup on paper than uh, playing at Union Berlin. So I I'd rather invest on the Leverkusen side, but I haven't seen enough. Even with the 16 shots at goal they produced. I'm not like I, I went with Demir, but like like I said before, I'm I'm happy that you, you uh, had him on your radar at least. So I'm I'm not a 
total loony for for going that. I'd probably stick with him, but I like I wouldn't invest in this game because, like I said before, um, because of the Bayern matchup uh, being the last of the match day, you probably don't need that flexibility. You don't have to force it. Sure. Um, there are a lot of good options elsewhere. Should we talk about some of those options? Because there will be some in that Sunday early game, Hoffenheim against Union Berlin, because it is Andre Kramerich season. We have mentioned him, of course, already in the show, but he's on fire once again in the Bundesliga because in his last six matches, he's chipped in with six goals and five assists. Hoffenheim are actually currently eight games unbeaten dating back to last season. And as Flo mentioned, Union Berlin in Europa Conference League action tonight. They were 4-0 winners against their Finnish opponents, put out a pretty strong lineup as well. So we do wonder how it will affect them. The question really is, I think we've kind of already answered it, Flo, but we talked about the three strikers up front. Is Kramerich going to be the fourth horseman? Yeah, I think he's the third right now. Oh, he's the third even. Yeah. Oh, yeah, after, like, after this weekend. Yeah, definitely. What, what, what have the Romans ever done for us, James? <laughs> That's the question I would ask of Andre Silva right now. Like, he has done a lot, but it's in the past. It's happened at Frankfurt. So he hasn't done a lot at Leipzig. Yeah. Hasn't had a chance to do a lot, but like, he didn't score in the cup, if I'm not mistaken, and he didn't score in the league, and he hadn't had the shot involvement that we would like to see of him. And now I'm at the point where I say I want to see it. Like I know that Kramaric probably will perform with a high likelihood of giving me a good fantasy return. I'm, I'm not seeing that with Silva as a given just because of the way he played last year. It's not like we have to adjust, and I, I think so. Kramaric for me is a third horseman, and... Maybe even Vejos would be the fourth right now and Silva would be number five. Yeah, that is it. I mean, yeah, Vejos Kramerich breaking the mold. I mean, uh, actually, it was uh, the person who finished top of the Talking Fußball Fantasy League, Bon Bombers, after match day one. He had a front three of Kramerich, Vejos and Haaland. He star-manned Vejos, which was a bit unfortunate out of those three. But, I mean, it still worked out in the end. And so kind of already showing that on match day one, you can break the mold. I think the thing was... Pretty ballsy, very, so I tip my hat very. to... That's, that's great. Huge, yeah, yeah, but that's it. I mean, we we all said we weren't ballsy enough to go away from those three strikers because of the potential they all had. Yes, two... Well, one hit huge, one was kind of in the middle with Lewandowski, and one definitely hit low with Andre Silva. But the fact is, we always said Kramrich, Vekos, those were the types of players that can beat these three players on any given match day. It's whether they will be able to do it consistently over the course of a season. Now, Kramrich against Union, I'd still like that matchup, I have to say. So he's high on the shopping list of mine for this weekend. But let's talk about the Sunday late game. We'll close out the fixture list because we are running out of time. Bayern against Köln. Now, Köln are above Bayern in the Bundesliga standings for the first time in seven years. But they have taken just one point from a possible 42 in their last 14 Bundesliga meetings with the German record title holders. My question for you, Flo, after match day one, has the landscape at Bayern really changed at all from last season? Uh, not on, uh, in a fantasy sense, I think. Because they got 21 shots at goal at Gladbach, which is like a major feat. And that's why I, I think if I can pull it off, I would love to go into the next two match days um, with four Bayern players. A player we haven't talked about who I feel is 
like a sneaky, really big winner out of the first match day is Alfonso Davis. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, he he's looking really, really good. I think he's like he's the best fantasy defender right now in my mind. If uh, on the next two match days, or well, he had he, he he would have the the best odds to finish at first. Although like like some center defense uh, center back randomly scores two goals, probably <laughs> yeah. will happen again, and then it's like, yeah. But my money's on Hinteregger next. Yeah, I, I, I want Alfonso Davis in my in my squad. Yeah, because uh, because he's looking sharp. I think like he had some injury pause, and that uh, probably was actually a good thing for him because he he looks now like he's he looks so quick again, uh, like we've seen the road runner impression that Müller does with him. Like we've seen that on the pitch now with with uh, Davis. And I think Goretzka and Kimmich in midfield also good choices and up front is Lewandowski. And then you got Stanisic, so it could be actually five. And I wouldn't feel bad about it because mm. I feel at the end of the season, probably the shot production of Bayern will be way ahead of the second club again. That's at least is my feeling after the first match day. Although like they had their, their issues, but there were more what they um, would do against the ball. Uh, if they had the ball, they know how to produce shots. And we've seen that. And that's the most important thing for me. And that's the reason why I'm, I'm really keen to uh, get more Bayern stock into my squad. Yeah, you, I mean, well, that uh, admittedly is never a bad idea in the fantasy game. We just are used to working with limited options, and that's it. I think in the back line, we've got a few more this season. In midfield, we've got pretty much the same, because genuinely it's, it's Kimmich and Goretzka, and that's it. And then up front, as we've mentioned, you've got that plethora of striking options, but take your pick on any one outside of Lewandowski, and you might get yourself in a bit of trouble. But before I close the show with our player picks, again, a reminder, I will jump on Twitter spaces 90 minutes before kickoff tomorrow so on Friday so 30 minutes before the lineups are released for the first game I'll be doing it on the Talking Fußball account please join me get involved with the discussion feel free to ask a question any burning topics that you want to touch on before the, that first lineup comes out and you make your final changes and your final transfers then yeah please do get in touch and the more the merrier it'll be great to have you along but let's close out with the player picks flow as always starting with our Vegas choice who are you going for? I'm going with Rafael Bore. Uh, seven million take some guts to pull it off, but like you said, that the guy who's leading the talking football league, like he went without Lewandowski and without Silver, and like these things can pay off big. And uh, I think Bore is one of these guys, and I would say that if he would be twelve million, I still would think about him. But he's seven point one million, which is far too cheap in my mind, and. Risk attached, of course, because we haven't seen Frankfurt perform to a higher standard this season. But if it's clicking, it could be payday. Yeah, that could be a huge, huge upside there for a, a player of that value as well. Uh, we were thinking on the same lines with the Vegas choice because I was going for a Frankfurt player as well, but I was actually going for Jens Peter Hauger, the 11 million midfielder, because he did catch the eye after coming off the bench. But again, unlike Bore, he actually comes with the even more significant risk factor of not being in the starting lineup. We will wait to see what happens with him. But yeah, I didn't mind him as a Vegas choice this week. It's just a big, big gamble. Big gamble on that one. How about your super schnepchen? Something a little more down the line to cut the budget flow. Yeah, Paul Nabel, 1.1 million. Uh, hey. And like, he, he he's a real hipster pick. Huge. 
Like, yeah, pick Paul Nebel and then say to you, well, well you're not knowing Paul yeah. Nebel. Well, he, he's a great German prodigy. Yeah. Like, do you know football at all? Yeah. 18 years it's old disgusting. German coming disgusting. from the Mike's Academy. Yeah, you know, you should know. You should know. Yeah, yeah you know what? I actually like that choice. I, I looked it up yeah, earlier. And I know him from way back. Yeah. I know him from way <laughs> exactly. back. He burst onto the scene as a 13-year-old, I remember, in the Arjugan. Yeah. That's not even Arjugan level, actually. I need to get my ages right. But um, no. No, I actually looked it up because you mentioned the fact that Mainz only had six shots on goal against Leipzig. He was involved in three of them. So a 50% ratio for a player of 1.1 million who plays in a more advanced role than the midfield role in fantasy suggests. Great pick. But again, we're thinking along the same lines because I've gone with the Mainz player as well. And funny enough, I went with Aaron Martin. I think that was uh, an easy one to guess. A lot of people probably saw it coming, but 3.2 million. We, we waxed lyrical about him earlier and all the points still stand. How about your banker flow? I'm going with Alfonso Davis. I have a great feeling about him, and I think that Cologne will sink with flying flags. <laughs> that's, that's a uh, bit I'm pessimistic Munich. after their wonderful comeback against Hertha. No, no, I, I think they will have a courageous game, but ah. that can be really tricky to pull off at Munich. I got you, and I'm not like I'm not sure that they able to do that with just like. Two months under Stefan Baumgart. That's it. Yeah, I, I like uh, Stefan Baumgart. I, I, I just yeah. feel like Baumgart can't go uh, into the Allianz Arena. I'm, I'm playing to limit the loss. It's not his forte. And I think if I remember correctly, they 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 almost beat Bayern with Paderborn at Munich. So he's definitely going for it. But that will lead to Bayern having more opportunities to score than maybe against another opponent who's just sitting uh, or trying to park the bus. But I will say this, one of my favourite moments of match day one was listening to that Köln crowd sing Modest, Modest, Anthony Modest again. It was wonderful. A highlight for sure. We'll see whether you can pull off the magic against Bayern, but I like the Alfonso Davies pick. I have gone with Andre Kramaric from my banker. I think we've talked about him enough today as well, up against Union on a standalone Sunday fixture. I think you've got some great player picks to choose from there, but I'm sure there may be a few more that are mentioned tomorrow in that Twitter Spaces meeting, so join us then. For now, we will leave it there for this week's episode of Talking Foosball Fantasy. If you haven't yet joined the Talking Foosball Fantasy League, we're just under a thousand entrants. We'd love to crack four figures this season, if possible, so do join the league if you haven't already. All you have to do is type in Talking Foosball Fantasy into the search bar, and it will pop up for you. For now, from me, your host, James Thurgood Flow, and the rest of the Talking Foosball crew, Auf Wiederhören. Auf Wiederhören.